You are listening to Ayahuasca Talks on Radio Regent in lovely downtown Toronto, and I'm your host, Rebecca Hayden. Please visit us at radioregent.com and join our live chat, or connect with me at rebeccahayden.com. Hello there. Hi, everyone. And we've got uh, Drew Houchin on the line with us today for Ayahuasca Talks. Drew, how are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. So, um, Drew and I have had a little bit of discussion uh, yesterday before the show. And uh, what we're going to do is, I've already warned him that I do this, is ask him, what is ayahuasca? Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca (laughs) to me is a, or I guess I should say the master plant medicine. And it has been a life-changing entheogen that has been introduced in my life and uh i have kind of dedicated my life to entheogens after after some of my experiences so uh, that's what it has been to me oh that's fantastic good answer um just uh i've noted that um sometimes your voice is going in and out so if you are on um, a headset or something just be aware of that or if it's possible to um, to, to change that and be aware of your voice being close to the mic, that would work out really, really well so that everyone can hear okay. you. All right, so um, let's just get right into it. What uh, brought you to plant medicines? Start wherever um, you feel comfortable. Oh, wow. Yeah, a whole lot brought me there. Um, I've got a pretty pretty unique past as far as um, what I've been through uh, with, I had a past with, with prescription pills and, and a lot of drugs in the past and uh, have been to numerous rehabs and and jail stints and even the penitentiary before due to my addiction. And, um, and it wasn't until um, after this addiction, after years after, that I kind of heard about ayahuasca through a co-worker. And I, I started doing you know, psychedelics back when I was a young kid and never did them for the right reason, never had heard anything about um, taking them, you know, as an entheogen or anything. And I hear um, hear ayahuasca mentioned to me, and I'd never heard of this before. And as soon as I heard the word ayahuasca, um, it kind of just engulfed my life. I started looking up podcasts, and it seems like all the conversations started turning towards ayahuasca, and my life almost became, for better lack of the word, obsessed with it. And <laughs> it's like I had to go to Peru and do this. It was just such a strong pull to go do this because even after getting off of uh, all the drugs and the prescription pills, there was still just something that wasn't there for me. Um, uh, yeah, I got off the drugs, but I never learned to fill the void that was there in the first place. So I was just like living life driven by fear, not making conscious decisions about anything and just, uh, just being, trying to be content with not being strung out. Right. Started, started learning about it. And, uh, like I said, I became kind of obsessed with it, (laughs) listening to all these podcasts and, and reading books about it before I ever even got to experience it. But, um, yeah, so I got in contact with a reputable place down in down in Peru, and um, it's uh, it's a place where some other reputable pe- reputable people have been to. And sure, got you on can a plane you can and, mention uh, the the place if you like. Yeah, yeah, it's called uh, it's called Spirit Quest. Excuse me, uh, Spirit Quest, and it's in Iquitos, Peru. And uh, the people there are are incredible. Um, Don Howard Lawler is um, is like the He's the head uh, ayahuascaro and um, or the head shaman there, and he's actually uh, a gringo, and he's from Kentucky. So it was such a small world that uh, I'm from Kentucky originally, and so was he. And, and um, so I, I contacted him and, and just went through the rigorous process of um, letting him know my past and my intentions for coming to Peru. And, and to be honest, looking looking back at the time, I didn't really even – know my intentions or even knew what setting an intention with an entheogen even meant. I just knew that I had to get to Peru and do ayahuasca or I wasn't going to be content until I did. And and me being from a a small little quiet town in Kentucky, I 
never left the country or anything, <laughs> much less travel to South America to do something like ayahuasca in the middle of the Amazon jungle. So huge so this leap. was like a whole, yeah, it was a whole, uh, whole game changer for me. And also while all this is going on on the, on the other side of the spectrum, I'm trying to explain to my mom what I'm going to go do. Uh, oh, actually, yeah. Uh, what I like to, yeah, I like Always to call, tricky. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it was, uh, it was, I, I like to call it coming out of the psychedelic closet, what I did to my You know, my so mother. many people are still contending with that, but, you know, you're a brave soul. Um, a lot of, there's a lot of misunderstandings out there, a lot of people still refer to it as drugs and don't mm-hmm. perceive it as a medicine, so it's very tricky for someone who's had addictions to explain this, um, but, you know, uh, let, let's find out how you did that. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was and it was um it was pretty crazy how it had happened because during this during the past five years, um, like I said, I've I've gotten clean off the prescription pills, but me personally I feel like the to take psychedelics a few times a year for those purposes and and um I had an experience on, on L S D last year that involved my mom and, and something like I had to call her during this and crazy enough she was having same dream of what I was experiencing and so I came clean with her and told her about some of my experiences and it freaked her out pretty good she thought I was back on drugs and and this and that and and that's actually at the same time I told her that I was planning to go into Peru and um, she was pretty pretty distraught about the whole situation at first Uh, okay sorry I just I just want you to back up just a moment because there's something that you said that's Uh really interesting there okay so you were on a psychedelic you were on LSD and you had a Mm -hmm. dream and your mother shared it or you connected with Uh, your mother somehow in that way and you had already formed the intention of doing ayahuasca is that correct yeah uh uh-huh at this at this point I like I had already been emailing back and forth with a guy and um I was going through some really heavy personal changes, like sure. going, I was just turning 30 and like, you know, I've just gotten off the drugs a few years earlier and now I'm at a point where like, you know, what am I going to do and what am I going to do with myself and uh, looking, looking to things like LSD and, and psilocybin, you know, for a little bit of, for some answers, for a little bit of guidance. And um, yeah, that, that night, um, she didn't even want to hear what I had to say at first. And then she called me back a few hours later telling me that she had this dream. And as, as like I'm experiencing, um, it was the first time, I guess you could say I had a mystical experience and it was on a, what I would consider a pretty, a lower dose of LSD. Beautiful. And, uh, and yeah, it was, it was low dose of LSD and it was just a very introspective, Hey, I'm about to, you know, look inside and, and, and ask myself some conscious questions right now. And as I'm, like, battling this within myself, like, it's my mom experiencing this in her dream. Incredible. And ever since that night, like, she's been open to, like, listening to my experiences, especially after doing, like, ayahuasca and, and toad medicine, which is 5-MeO-DMT. She is seeing these major changes in me, and I I just stopped telling her about it because she's, she's very, very, um, she's not your typical religious person she is a spiritual person but she is a christian a very very devout christian and so some some of my beliefs in her is clash but she see she's seeing this change in me and like seeing me become whole as a person and right. it has nothing to do with like you know quote spirituality it's just it's becoming becoming me and remembering who i am and like living in my true nature right and uh it's it has been in it's been an incredible rod in between like me and my mother like building this relationship <laughs> i mean I'll, I'll be i'll be open and honest up until that night like i've been a really shut off person and like i can't even remember the last time i told my mother i loved her until that night and like ever since oh. then we just have uh you know that's broken down a lot of walls and we can communicate now and i'm open and honest with her about you know what i do as far as my psychedelic use and, and she's always involved with it and it's been it's been uh been a wild ride, you know. It's incredible coming, coming out of the uh, yeah, <laughs> telling stuff like that to my yeah. family, especially how conservative they are with with their views on on things like that. But yeah, and do you see how powerful intentions are? Like you could have been using LSD years before 
um, in the throes of addicted behavior without intention, and it could have been an entirely, and probably was if you were using that back then, different experience, and suddenly you formed the intention to connect with ayahuasca. You've already been making plans in your mind, and you know suddenly you're, you're looking for guidance, and, and look what happens in dreams. So many people report changes in dreams, connecting through dreams, so many interesting experiences, and you know, truly profound experiences even before and after the medicine. So I'm I'm so glad you shared that with us. Um, so yeah. what, what happened like when you finally came to the point where, where you were going, um, you, what happened with your first experience? Um, yeah, so um, I get to Peru and fly into Lima and get on another plane and fly to Iquitos, and, and that took me like 26 hours, and like I said, I'd, I'd only been on a plane once since then, so I just pilgrimaged halfway across <laughs> the earth here. And, uh, it makes you, know, you courageous, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> I, I like, and, you know, whenever I go journey like that, whenever I'm doing like, you know, very power, powerful engines, I, I like that part of the pilgrimage. It, it takes me out of my comfort zone, makes me go halfway across the globe or Mexico, wherever it be, and, and that's that's part of our journey is 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 getting to those places. Because I mean, we get we got go down to the docks in Iquitos, and Iquitos is basically a, a third world country, and it's just a game changer for me being from Kentucky, seeing seeing something like that. And yeah. um, we get on the boat and go down the river for like an hour and get off and off the river in this retreat center, and it's uh, absolutely beautiful and yeah. out in the Amazon jungle mm-hmm. and never in my life have I seen anything like this and uh, the the it was it was pretty uh pretty surreal being there drinking ayahuasca out of a uh, a dirty cup being given it you know being served by a guy who if we don't even speak the same language like I I put a lot of trust in these people and the first couple of nights was kind of uh I was I thought I was kind of um that been had. I'll be perfectly honest. The first couple of nights was was very very mellow um, at best, and I didn't really and um, get much off of it. And, and I know now why. Then that's I think because I didn't really have much of an attention, and um, I realized that after after the, my second ceremony is like ah, I'm down here kind of for the wrong reasons right now and then after so what i'm sorry just have a question so when you said you were down there for the wrong reasons what was going through your mind when you became so courageous as to make that trip um where after the obsession came this um this part of you that felt that you were indecisive in terms of what you wanted to accomplish with it. I mean, what happened there between that time and was it just getting to know what it was about and understanding what true intentions are? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Because at first, like I said, I, I, I've been doing psychedelics at a very young age, 14, 15, and never doing them for the right reasons. Sure. And I hear about ayahuasca and I listen to some of these people's experiences on these podcasts, and I'm like, I want to experience that. And, but, you know, being on the outside of that experience now, I, I now know that I needed to get to Peru to be where I'm at now in life. Sure. And that even though I might have not known my intentions then, thinking they were wrong, I was there for the right reason. Yeah, of course. One way or another, it just it's like Mother Ayahuasca just pulled me down there. It's like, get your butt down here, and we'll oh, take yeah. care of the rest. Sure. And, and you just, saying while I go, like, you know, ayahuasca speaking to you beforehand. Absolutely. I was having, like, dreams beforehand mm-hmm. and, like, thought I was hearing voices of, uh, of like, a very reassuring communication telling me just to get down there and mm-hmm. everything else will be okay. And it was uh, pretty intense not, you know, not having taken anything and just, like, experiencing things like that before, I've ever even ingested any ayahuasca. Yeah, I but, mean, uh, the first couple could be just orientation. Sometimes it takes that. But um, there are a lot of people, whether they're aware of it or not, where she connects with them beforehand. Um, yeah, this is this is reported widely, and then there's other people who just may never know, but it happens for sure. So mm-hmm, Yeah, and I was, I was pretty open to, to <coughs> it as well. Um, but yeah, back, back in Peru, those first two nights, that was... Uh, I didn't even know what to think. You know, I was, I'd spent literally uh, most of my savings um, 
on making it to Peru. I've been cooking in restaurants most of my life and don't make a whole lot of money. And um, so after those first two nights of being very mellow, I was like, man, what am I down here doing? Oh, you know, yeah. and then I <laughs> come to the realization is like, you know what? I just need to like choose choose faith over fear over anything right now and, Absolutely. and go with it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Excuse me. And uh, the third night is, I just got my whole world blown open that night. Um, I went in with the intention of um, just, you know, whatever I need, just just show me. And and I was shown it. uh, That third ceremony, I I got to relive my childhood up until around my teenage years and got to relive all these incredible memories that I just kind of repressed and got to see through, like, this hurt child's eyes for my parents divorce and ever since that young age i live life with this filter you know just feeling feeling the fear of rejection all the time and like letting that rule my life and i never even knew that until that night and i got to relive all these moments from a third person perspective and got to see how they really were instead of how i perceived them from that perspective and it was just changed my whole reality it was the whole just like wow like that whole all this the way that i thought it actually happened it happened this way and it was um it was it was beautiful and i just sit there and purged and cried which my my purging was was crying for about three hours and it was literally just like watching a uh almost i mean for lack of a better term almost watching a movie from a third person perspective as mother ayahuasca is guiding me through this and it was it was absolutely incredible, and that was um, that was January 11th of this year, and ever since that night, I haven't smoked a cigarette. Not smoked cigarettes almost 20 years. Mm. And that was uh, and that was that was a big one. Not smoking cigarettes anymore after that night. And it's, so that 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 right there in itself was just a huge leap for me. I mean, but how did that come through? Sorry. How how did that come through? I mean, uh, the the childhood stuff was, um, you know, you got to see this from a different perspective. Was there anything in your experience that tied in with the addiction to uh, to nicotine or to smoking? How did that come about in your experience? How did that unfold? Um, or was it just one I of those things? It- that you noticed afterwards. No, um, I think it actually tied into the way that I have been like have suppressed myself through my ego, um, through my like egoic actions, living a life based off of fear, mm-hmm. fear of rejection, fear of not being accepted. Realize how something well, it wasn't small at the time. I thought it was as small as a parent's divorce could just like crush a child to the point where I just like shut off from everything and and put up this wall and live my life with these, this filter of this world, the world's not good. It's going to hurt me. I'm not going to open up to anybody. I'm not even going to open up to myself and mm-hmm. close off to everything. And, um, that, which entitled me led to addiction through like a lot of these looking <clears throat> pot or like doing other entheogens. They, you know, helped me release those like energies. And so like at that time I felt liberation and I wanted more of that. And then I found prescription pills and that just, took a hold of me and and threw me for a loop but ever since that night um i honestly don't feel like i don't really have like those addictions anymore i can see them from a different perspective and see why i abuse substances like that in the first place it doesn't mean i'm above like going back out there and getting strung out if that's what happens i'm I'm always going to be like that but i know why i did it and i understand it now and i can not let that happen it's a, so you're not attracted kind of hard one to explain no that's okay i mean it, this happens to a lot of people um in in different ways so you just find that you're not as uh, drawn to it you don't have that that need for it that you don't feel that need for it is that is that how it kind of unfolded yeah yeah um yeah it was better yet it was a lack of a uh, lack of self-acceptance and lack of self-love at the time and right not really um, making a conscious decision about what I was doing to myself. Because, I mean, I, I went through a lot with that. I was, like I said, I ended up in prison over it. And sure. Numerous rehab, and, you know, my family was torn up over it and never even saw that at the time. And mm-hmm. I finally came out at the other side at 27 and then left at 27 just kind of like a scary child back in the world again. And 
Right. Coming to ayahuasca has like really, really helped me uh, open up to myself, I guess, uh, soul searching, if that's what you want to call it. But, so how many ceremonies did you have in Peru? Um, I attended five ceremonies while I was there, and I actually got to do a bogan sauna ceremony as well while I was down there. Which, sorry? And that was pretty... It's called bogan sauna, and it's a... Um, it's another plant medicine. They soak it in like um, in rum and sugarcane, I believe, and it's just like a heart opening, feel good um, plant medicine. And it also helps with like lucid dreaming. And um, it, that's that's basically what it is. it's not like really an entheogen or anything. It's just kind of like a, a booster in between ceremonies as when you're down there. So it's pretty interesting. So you had your your third ceremony was things really opened up, and you had this whole journey yep. back into your childhood, and you got to see it from a different perspective. So what happened on uh, ceremony four? Fourth ceremony was a huge one as well. Um, the third one, you know, I thought, wow, I don't even know if, if anything else could, you know, top that. And I didn't even mention the fact that <clears throat> during the come up of, of this, I was terrified i was thinking what the hell am i doing here why did i come down here like you are an idiot for doing this <laughs> just like regret everything because when was I'm that afraid. when was that that you felt that most <clears throat> oh it was during um night three i mean it was night three and night four for about the first hour like i had to really really let go and experience an ego death during that time it was um, very, very intense for me, and, and I had to just let go and surrender to what was happening. Right. And that's whenever, um, that's whenever, like, Mother Ayahuasca approached me on the third night, whenever I finally surrendered and let go. And same thing with the fourth night. The fourth night was even more terrifying than the third night. I didn't think it could happen any, <laughs> it'd be any more terrifying, but I was, uh, felt like I was stuck in some dimension if that's what you want to call it being surrounded by fairies and gestures and i just felt like i was stuck there and it was pure hell i went through my own pure hell that night okay and whenever so I, I finally surrendered you Go just ahead, you just cut out a little bit so just again be aware of where your microphone is so that we can hear you um is there something okay. going on in the background there or yeah I, there's dogs out there that are howling <laughs> that's, that's what it sounds like all right so when you went into this this sort of uh world of fairies was this um was this the time when you felt like you were not breaking you were not um trusting and it was kind of a, a, a frightening experience um yeah i mean it, the the shamans told us when, when even before we did in the ayahuasca that whenever it comes on whenever it hits you it's going to feel like the fastest transmission in like in a car that you've ever felt and it was like a rocket ship from zero to a million <laughs> in a matter of you know a matter of a few minutes once it starts coming on and it was just uh i didn't know what to expect at that time and it was really really hard to surrender to that you know all these it's like being sucked down a tube of flying geometric shapes coming at you from right. all angles and flying through the matrix and just a whole big a big mind scramble and um, so it was really hard for me to surrender to that at first and and when i did um fourth night i finally surrendered and i started getting this message of love and um, i felt like i was ascending and it, like i said at the time i was i was out of my body um experiencing you know inner space other dimensions whatever you want to call it um and I came into a room, and it was made out of, like, white lattice work. And I remember looking around, and as I'm looking around, um, Buddha happens to, like, greet me. And it's not like a person. It was like a statue. And as I'm looking around, the statue Vishnu is there as, as well, like, big blue god, forearms. And at the time, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I had no history in, like, Eastern mysticism, Hindu gods. I didn't right. know anything about it. I didn't even know who I was looking at. I knew who Buddha was. It's very common. Right. And I was just, like, perplexed at what was happening. <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing this voice around me just going, I, I love you. I love you. And so I'm just, beautiful. like, 
<laughs> my mind has been blown at this point, and I'm like, where am I at? I was like, I, I, I'm in a state of pure ecstasy, though. I'm no longer terrified. All I feel is love and joy and just, like, pure, pure essence. I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. And um, it was just a message of love and message of uh, take care of your body and, and that we are beings of love and that you, I need to take care of myself. Because at this time, I'd never even been on a diet for anything you know the, the diet going to do ayahuasca to me was very very difficult right. um, a couple weeks prior you know no no seasonings no salt no oils no fats just fish and rice basically. that was really hard for me and uh, yeah it was uh it was tough to to be down there and do that and then get this message of you need to take care of yourself and and, and now i understand that i was like communicating with my higher consciousness yeah. And uh, what I would consider, like, you know, God, for a better lack of word. And it was uh, it was beautiful. It was <laughs> incredible. I, I purged through tears again that night and just lay there in a state of pure joy in this other dimension, just listening to just what I would consider myself reassuring myself of my own truth. It was It was just a beautiful experience for me. So it's really interesting when these, what we think of as religious figures show up. It, it, you know, for me, it suddenly helped me to understand how these religions came about. You know, people had these profound experiences. They shared them with others. They were inspirational. And then they started to create an institution around it, sometimes anyway, depending on which religion we're talking about and, and who did what with it. But... It's funny, I, no, I, was, I, agree. I was very much against religion before um, I had these experiences, and it's still certainly not my thing, um, but I can appreciate how it came about, because I've had experiences, and when I find myself describing them, I realize, that's how this all happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I agree. These experiences are very holy, and they're very, I mean, if you want to call it sure. spiritual, it's just that's, a word. that's what it is, yeah. and... and and, and I mean, I think I'm like you. Religion's not for me, but I can really appreciate like what it's based around now. Because I feel like that's I agree with you. I feel like a lot of these religions at the core is based around powerful entheogen experiences, experiencing yeah. itself as God in human form. It's like full liberation as a human. And uh, yeah, I can totally see religions being built around that. And yeah, it's a I could talk about that for a while. Oh, yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, I, I felt is. really, um, my experience of religion was very oppressive. And so what mm -hmm. happens is that, you know, all of that oppression you associate with the concept of God, and it kind of robs you, you know, of the of the ability to, to be able to explore that, um, you know, and, and not affiliate it with those with all of all that surrounds it within you know religious context for me it was catholicism and you know and there are those out there that have had more positive experiences with it but I, I certainly didn't but it didn't stop me from from being fascinated with with that idea surprisingly um obviously because that's the path that i was meant to be on you know but it, it's we we get things so tangled up you know it's like okay let's hold it against god that that humanity created all this stuff around those concepts, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. So this was, we're still on the fourth night, are we? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, number four. Um, so tell me something. Experience. Before yeah. before we get into your, your story further, you said that you, okay, we're we all familiar with Buddha. It's a very common um, image that we see um, almost as probably even more so in many parts of the world than, than you know, Christianity sometimes. But um, what about this, uh, you said that you saw, was it Vishnu? Uh-huh, yeah. Okay, so at and the time you didn't know what that figure was, who that figure was, right? Correct. Ah. And um, so I go, like, look look this up, and I'm like, who is this? Because <laughs> I, I see Buddha, and, and as this is happening, I have, like, 360 vision in this dimension where it's like made up of like glowing light lattice work and is just undescribable and um yeah i look up vishnu and it's you know i, I see that he's a hindu god and um just a, a reincarnate of like the deity 
throughout you know a lot of Hindu gods, and it was I still don't understand the significance of why that was there. You know, my only thing that I can come to is you know I, my personal belief. You know, I, I feel like we are all one consciousness, sure. and that um, if we are one consciousness and we are God experiencing Himself in human form, then we have the imagination of the divine, and mm. we have experienced each of these things and like so that's that's the way i feel about it like i was experiencing other times where i've experienced the same exact thing like even uh, during some of my psilocybin experiences i thought uh, you know i didn't think that i was jesus i feel like i've experienced myself being crucified as jesus in other dimensions watching myself like then getting messages of like kill the ego feed the spirit on high doses of psilocybin and it's been a crazy journey and this has all been in this past year like i said i had it was october 30th last year you know just less than a year or right over a year ago when i had my first mystical experience and it's been i've turned my life upside down but in an incredible way i've become well i'm I'm at the beginning of becoming fully liberated through entheogen work if, if that's what you would like to call it because mm-hmm. um, night night five um, during my ayahuasca ceremonies was absolutely incredible as well. At this point, I wasn't scared to let go to the situation, and it came on very powerful again, and I got to experience just a, a beautiful four-hour dimethyltryptamine experience, just like paying homage to like the universe, and it was it was incredible, and um, it, it was just, um, it was almost like I was rewarded on the fifth night to come there and experience what I wanted to in the first place so i was like i want to go experience that and after going through my own hell dying being reborn coming out the other side i feel like i that fifth night was my reward of this is why i came down here or where i thought i came down here for anyways. right it was, uh, it was a whole beautiful experience you know you get flower baths every morning after <laughs> your ceremonies you know which is supposed to you know seal everything in those are always awesome and very uh invigorating i guess no oh, yeah i remember very, very early in the morning yeah <laughs> i didn't um, i didn't go to the same place you did but i i did go uh to one with that tradition where there was floral baths and i had a very uh-huh. different idea of what that would be like before i got there <laughs> yeah same here uh-huh yeah so but I it was wonderful i have a bucket of flower right. water poured over my head <laughs> right. outside in the middle of the jungle sometimes know, so. frigid yeah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but I, was, I wouldn't I was really trade it. To get to go. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. I wouldn't trade it, you know, even though it was surprising and very different. I wouldn't trade it and yeah, I, I feel the same way, very, very grateful. And Yeah, most definitely. And something that was going through my mind when you were speaking about some of these things, both in the experience that you had and in how different these different centers are. Um I we we come from a place of you know, in society where there's this move towards consensus, we all want everybody to agree on everything. And yet, um, these medicines show us how incredibly unique we all are. And I think that there's a reason for that. And I think that we all have the experience that we're we're meant to have. So um, there's what I experienced a lot, especially with the show is, you know, people want to come on and say, everybody has to do it this way. And I can appreciate the desire to do that. And I do believe that um, often people, their heart's in the right place. They don't want, you know, people to get in trouble and they can see that some people are approaching this from a really unhealthy standpoint. But uh-huh. um, if we were all incredibly healthy, we wouldn't need the medicines to begin with. So we've got to accept that to begin with and that everybody um, is, is you know, going at it with their own unique um, flavor and their own unique circumstances. And it, it I don't think that it's ever going to be one of these things that are just standard across the board. I don't think there's any standardizing this, and I think that um, trying to do that might even be a little harmful. Like, we've got to appreciate the organic nature of our experiences, and even, you know, you having this unique experience with this entity that was um, is well-known within um, the Indian culture and, and even throughout the world, Vishnu, but that you didn't know. It's just something that opened you up in, in a very unique way, and, and that was obviously an experience you need to have. Um, 
I think that there's such beauty in the uniqueness of everybody's experience and even where they go and what happens to them. I think this is something that the medicines are starting to help us to do is to open up and not put things in a category of right or wrong, but starting to appreciate, you know, that that that, that uh, things yeah, unfold in unique agree. ways for a reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that is one one message that I've I've definitely come to realize is even though uh, I believe we we are one conscious that this is our own individual unique experience, and that's why we are unique individuals because it's, it's our own experience. Yeah. And um, during during um, I mentioned to you on the phone earlier that I you know five meo DMT is is was was it for me going to ayahuasca was just like the opener of like the opening of my heart almost and then you know seeing the the hindu gods i've actually since since ayahuasca i've taken up like yoga and meditation and i've started eating better like of course i'm i'm not perfect and i'm not ever gonna be but i've, I've tried um, and i'm trying and I am doing major changes in my life that I've, I've never tried before and um and acknowledging that is really important. You know, I think that an, another thing is that we're all so um, in a hurry to to be at the end of things. I want to complete this, complete that, and, and, and no more do this or that. And sometimes I think that we favor that, that striving um, over recognizing the accomplishments of what we've achieved so far, even, you know, though it changes daily, right? I mean, you've mm-hmm. you've accomplished yeah. some amazing things. Yeah, and it's you know, and and what I like about it most through these entheogens is, or these accomplishments are it, like internal. Um, of course, the people are going to see the external changes that is going to come along with these experiences. But what I experience is my experience, and it has just like shook me to the core in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Like it is made me love myself like I never ever have before and truly like accept myself um doing toad medicine did that for me like I fully I died that day and was reborn and I experienced myself as God in human form and understood that this pain and hurt and these patterns that I've come up are illusions and they are patterns and that everything is perfect as it is, and this is my experience, and to live it. Yeah. And ever since then, I, I have. I like. I, I I wasn't happy at the job I'd been at. I literally, I'm the guy that quit his job, and I moved across the country, and I'm <laughs> doing what I want to do. And, and I moved to Colorado, and I work in the cannabis industry, because that's what I want to do that makes me happy. And I did it, and I've never had the courage or self-respect or self-love or drive to do that. And, and these entheogens have brought me to a point where I'm confident enough and worthy enough to do this for myself. Right. And it's been incredible. And this is just like the very beginning of this whole, like, life, as, what I like to say, like, my life as God on earth here. And it's, it's going to be incredible. I, like, I feel like my life is about to get amazing right now. And mm-hmm. it's just the beginning. Yeah. And it's, and I, I have nothing else to think except these plant medicines and i feel like we've been hiding clues for ourselves on this earth for so long oh absolutely these animal medicines just going hey remember remember (laughs) who you are remember why you're here remember what this is i can't agree with you more (laughs) yeah and every time i do these like i'm terrified going into these experiences and whenever i do them and i surrender and i let go i remember and whenever I do, I'm like, yes, this is why. This is why we are here, and it is just an experience. And just let it be that. Let experience this, and let everybody else experience their experience. Exactly, and celebrate it. I don't know. Exactly, and it's and it's been it's been incredible. And the ego is such a tricky beast. <laughs> creep, creep back in all the time and, and disagree with you and tell you this and that. But I guess that's part of it. So. Yeah, and you know, I think that, well, it it ignites so many things, these experiences, like the imagination, and what I've learned to do is to use that to my advantage, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, becoming, knowing, just agreeing and knowing that we can observe, we can be the observer, we don't have to invest in everything that comes in our mind is a powerful thing, 
but also to start uh-huh. to harness the abilities of these things that come in and say, hey, I, I can create something else to interact with that. And in fact, I can oust one for the, in favor of the other. And when the ego comes in, I can see it as one of those characters that we so often come across when we have these deeper medicine experiences. And I can interact with it in that way and, and regard it as that in a playful way, like, oh, my goodness, this this sad character that's just so needy and it's really okay. <laughs> no, uh-huh. I'm not going to yep. take it too terribly seriously and let it let it ride and, and let it leave, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. That's a hard. That's a hard lesson to learn, right mm. there. It's a it, it's a very hard lesson to learn. But you know, it's to live like, with your ego like that. Look at look at how many look at how many um, incredible accomplishments you, you've you've made since you discovered ayahuasca. The things that you didn't think that you could do. And at the beginning, when we hear these concepts that may sound challenging or whatever, um, that's our first response is like, "Oh my God, that's difficult." And then, um, but you've opened the door. Right, because you've said, "Hey, that's a possibility." Right, and then it's just planting seeds, and then you let it grow, and before you know it, you, you know you're you're doing it, and you're going, "Hey, I can do this. This is pretty cool." And what was really hard is actually not doing it. <laughs> that was much harder. Yeah, no, you're right. It is, you know, like um, I think uh, Alan Watts said something to the extent of like, you know, enlightenment's like walking through a door and then turning around to realize that there was never a door in the first place, or something to that extent. And that's how it's been for me. It's just like I can't imagine not doing what I'm doing now. It's like it's, I don't even remember remember life how it was just this time last year, like the way that I was consciously. And that's that was one of my fears going to ayahuasca is I'd become comfortable where I was at in life, even though I didn't necessarily realize I wasn't happy. I'd learned to become content with it. And I was scared that it was going to change me where I didn't recognize myself and it, it did, but in a good way. <laughs> right. I was, I was like, I was getting to know the real me instead of the person who I thought that I was. You know, I start to understand like my personality and, and my reaction points and and my my fears aren't me. That's not who I am. That's mm-hmm. that's this character that's built up over the last thirty one years of life through hurts and hangups and this and that and shedding that. And learning my true nature is it's it's awesome but terrifying and hard all at the same time. But it's so worth it too. It is so worth it. Like enlightenment, like coming to enlightenment has not been fun. Mm. Most people, I guess, think it's it's fun. It's been like the shedding of everything that I thought I knew. But I have taken the time and energy to integrate what I've learned and what I've experienced the way I feel properly back into my life. I've mm-hmm. engulfed myself since Peru with like books from, from authors such as like Martin W. Ball and, uh, just, you know, Terrence McKenna even and people like that. But I'm, I'm starting to in, in understand these empty engines from a scientific, like spiritual perspective, if that's how you want to put it, um, instead of just like, taking these things to trip if that's what you want to call it because that's what i used to do i just wanted to trip and that was it and and i can't even imagine going to going to empty engines with that attitude now i would get get my butt handed to me probably through through an experience but i don't know if it's possible anymore you know it's like um no it's not not. i I can't understand i don't think there's any going back (laughs) <laughs> no, there's there's not. Like, if Pandora's box has been opened, and there's no shutting it. And, and that's okay, though. Absolutely. I'm totally okay with that. Um, I mean, I've seen... Going, I'm not going to lie. When I first got back from Peru, I had a really hard time. I didn't start putting any effort into integration for a few months. And I was really confused about what I experienced and didn't really have no direction. I didn't have a support system or anything. And that's when I started, like, like honestly i reached out on social media i reached out like through a psychedelic community on the internet and started like i'm really digging in and finding these people and reading books and started um discovering my own truth about who i am and and that's been the real change has happened for me in the last about six months of this year of uh really done a whole lot of soul searching and a whole lot of changes and geographical um, conscious change it's been a whole a whole makeover for me this past year that's wonderful 
And you know, there there are many people in that situation. A lot of us are stepping up and 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 you know helping with the integration piece. And again, it's um, you know it's it's something that's going to be unique for everybody. Um, people are going to have to pursue what what resonates with them and where they where they gravitate toward. There'll be you know, a reason for that. I think that part of it, we have to trust ourselves. You, somewhere inside of you, you knew where you wanted to be. You knew you wanted to be in the mountains. You knew you wanted to work with with plants, uh, with, you know, cannabis, which is a plant medicine in in itself. Uh It is. And and you trusted that ultimately. You know, sometimes we have to even just learn to trust ourselves, to trust that we know what we want and start listening inward rather than to all, all of the noise going on outside of us, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, that is one major thing that I've gained is I've really learned to listen to like my conscious and my intuition, and I've, I'm following it. And I'm for the first time in my life, I'm happy <laughs> and like seriously happy. And then it's from any outside source, it's being content with me and loving me. And it's and it's there's nothing more to that. And and now I can build around that. That's and like beautiful. that's my foundation that I'm trying to like that I've that I've gained really from plant medicines and, sure. and I honestly can't wait to go back to ayahuasca and and see what is in store for me from this new perspective working with the medicine with this new consciousness and right. really really like digging deep and really learning like cuz I feel like once I get past my own personal hangups and and habits and things like that, that's when I can really be showing some things about, you know, us as a consciousness or a whole or this universe or you know, I feel like the possibilities are endless when it comes to they really plant medicines. Are. But they really are. And yeah. um I I I have to um maybe caution you that there's layers to this stuff. <laughs> I've been fully integrating for two and well over two and a half years now. Um, and <clears throat> there are just layers. Like there, there was part of me that kept saying, okay, I want to be done with this and over all this crap and, and, and to move on to this better stuff. And, and what I realized is that all of it's kind of weaved together. You know, there are things that I'm ready to let go of now that I wasn't a year ago, and maybe a year from now I'll find other things. And instead of, and I've learned to, instead of going, oh my God, I've still got this going on, or I still got that kind of issue, and it's like, well, you know, it's 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 a journey. <laughs> they call it a journey for a reason or a path or whatever. You know, yep. um, it it doesn't yeah. mean that I that I haven't accomplished a great deal and that. You know, there just may be other stuff that that's hiding and that just needs to come out in its own time. And it doesn't mean that I'm not, you know, incredibly healthy and well right now. It just means that I'm where I'm at, right? And yeah, I completely agree. And the other always going to be work to done, well, work to be done. I, at first, I thought, you know, come going into Peru with the the Western mentality, this is going to fix me. This is going to do it. <laughs> I mean, and, and and like literally, did I know I'm having to put more work in now consciously than I ever did before some of these experiences. But I, like I said, I wouldn't have it any other way yeah. now. Like, I'm, I'm totally not above anybody. But this thing, it was, what it's given me is empathy, like looking around and wishing people could experience what I got to experience. Because I only just help them remember, help them, you know, I guess, quote, wake up a little bit and to, to their true nature and start living like it. And it's, I think it's slowly happening. Something's oh, sure. going on. Oh, uh, like absolutely. Tourism is on the rise and, you know, super fast. And yep. over here, in, you know, in America, we're um, all, over. all kinds of places and, you know, in the states that are doing ceremonies all the time. Sure. It's happening. Something's going on. Yeah, and definitely going on. And you know, it's like there's there's these um, there are these reverberations happening. These it's it's radiating outwards from everybody who's doing it, and you can't always know the impact that you're having on people around you. But um, from what I understand now, uh, we we are having tremendous impact just by just by doing our own work. You know, there, there's been this culture of helping others, and it's a lovely idea. But um, 
I've never been more attuned to the idea that now that that doing your own work is actually the best thing that you can possibly do for the world. Um, I know, right? And, and you, yeah, you're exactly right. Just by doing things differently, just by being more open, just by sending everything that you, all that experience that you've had in the jungle, everything that happened to you, you brought that home with you, and people in your presence felt it on some level. That's magic. That is powerful. That's incredible. That's that's kind of part of the work that we're doing, just being willing to go and do something like that. That in itself is a powerful thing. I agree. I'm, I'm watching, like, like I said, my mother... She she raised me best she knew how, and she was extremely strict Southern Baptist conservative. And I'm getting to watch her through my work, mm-hmm. like open up towards things, and it's it's pretty awesome watching her open up because I never in my life thought I would have some of the conversations that I've had with my mother in the past few months about what I've done and how they're affecting me, talking about other dimensions and entities, <laughs> and I could. And, Never in my life did I think I would have mentioned something like this to my mother, and, and now I am, and she's open to it, and that's even crazier to me. I'm that so this glad. work that, that I'm doing is affecting people on, on that level of consciousness. It's not just me that it's affecting, and it's it's pretty awesome, because that's helping me at the same time build a relationship that I, we never had, and so it's just a win-win for everybody. I really love you telling this story because there are so many people out there and and I mean everybody's <clears throat> got their own set of circumstances and 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 influences and different experiences that led them to the point where they're at right now but many people are are concerned and afraid of sharing their experiences and and we have to respect that but at the same time you telling your story you know about where you've come from and the background and what you're doing now and, and the incredible experiences you've had and, and the fact that you have chosen to open up and to talk about these things and how well it's worked out, that that in itself can impact so many people positively and maybe, you know, give people the little nudge or courage that they need to, to try it out themselves. I mean, you know, a lot of us come back and complain, oh my God, the world doesn't understand. I've been through something that's so incredible. It sounds crazy when I say it out loud, blah, blah, blah. All of this is true, and I can identify with every single part of that. At the same time, it's never going to change if we don't do something about it, you know, if we don't take steps towards changing that. It's like that's what the way it will remain unless some of us, those who, you know, feel that we can or work towards getting to that level, um, start to open up, then it's going to remain that way because how can it change if, if somebody doesn't start to change that? It's really up to no, us. I completely agree. It's happening here in, you know, in North America right now. We got, like, you know, MAPS is, is on the precipice of what's legalization of MDMA through right. psychotherapy use for PTSD patients. Beautiful, And then yeah. we've also got John, John Hopkins doing the, the study with psilocybin for yeah. uh, hospice patients right now. And then you got California, who's going to put recreational mushroom use on the ballot for next year. I mean, that's that's crazy. I can't believe that that's about to happen. And, and I really think that we are on the precipice of another psychedelic renaissance. And I don't think it's it's going to be a counterculture this time. I think no, it's not merged. at all. No, I agree. I think it's going to be merged. <laughs> it's going to be the merger of spirituality and science. I really think it's going to happen. And uh, we, I'm hoping that we're going to see it in our lifetime. I don't know if we will or not, but I think we're we're going to see the beginning of it. I really think so. We are seeing the beginning the of it. We are seeing yeah, it. We we're are. experiencing um, yeah, it. It's happening right now. <laughs> it I mean, really we're is. We're in the middle of it. Yeah, I mean, there are people. I, I, I believe it. There are people who have come from so many diverse backgrounds that come to the medicine, and they walk away, and they bring all that back you know, with them. And regardless of what kinds of um, preconceived notions people have about it, um, uh, all the stigma attached, you know, once people start to experience this and come back changed and other people start to recognize that and the reality sets in, uh, you know, everything can change from that standpoint. And, And it is changing. You know, people have immense incentive to you know, to explore this from whatever standpoint you might want to look at it, whatever brings them to it, you know, it it has the ability to transform from there. Um, People approach it for all kinds of reasons. People, I want to get well, I want to treat my addiction, I want, 
better relationships. I'm I'm at the end. I I, I want to live no more, and I'm gonna. This is my last ditch attempt. Whatever brings them there. Look at all the possibilities on the other side of that. So all of those attitudes that we that we bring to bear when we come with all the commercial ideas of what what values we have. Look at how many of those change, and look at that immense possibility in terms of you know allowing people the amount of people that are coming and and how many people in their lives they're changing and how exponentially everything's changing as a result. It can't help but be something very different than counterculture. It's changing culture. Mm-hmm. It is, and I'm I'm really hoping that we're going to see you know in North America centers popping up in the next I hope twenty years where people will come and do psilocybin or or mdma or you know in hawaii in the jungles of hawaii ayahuasca grows as well the vines do mm-hmm. i mean hawaii might be the america's you know peru and as far as you know going to the jungle and and doing plant medicines go uh, but I, I think we're on the rise of that and i think we're going to see it merge with psychotherapy and i think we're going to see Hopefully, this is my opinion, the downfall of a lot of things as far as like the antidepressants and things, yeah. prescription pills as far as Xanax and, and opiates and things like that. I feel like these plant medicines could really replace all that and get rid of a lot of people who are being kept sick through the pharmaceutical industry where they can right. just do these plant medicines and do some real work and come out whole as an individual and yeah. like heal <clears throat> on a spiritual level and like a soul level instead of just trying to put a band-aid on everything. But. Absolutely. And the way that we look at things like, um, I, I agree. And, and instead of replace though, I think that we're going to see, um, uh, the way that we approach everything transformed. So in other words, instead of this being replaced yeah, by that, there being n- no longer an approach as to, you know, people having to go back and back and back to any kind of remedy. You know, what the one thing that uh, one of the many just very core, core values that, that the medicines seem to have and want to instill in us is our own power and, and what we're capable of. And once we become more and more attuned to that and once we start um, acting on that, uh, the idea is that we will be so empowered and we will understand our power so much that there won't be this need. You know, I can see for the interim, you know, until people do get to that level, um, you know, the medicines are incredible allies, but they are allies outside yes. of the actual physical plant. As you know, you've experienced this in advance. Once we uh-huh. start to tap into that without having to deplete, um, you know, our 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 natural resources, uh, we'll start to turn toward our inner resources and connect um, to all of these allies in ways where we, you know, in different ways, let's put it that way. And and there won't be this need. And just imagine, you know, that that our lives and our culture and our way of existence will be very much changed where we, we won't have this need for constant medicine. There won't be the emphasis on how sick we are because we won't be sick anymore. <laughs> you know, yeah, let's at I least agree. imagine that, that future. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we're capable of healing ourselves on, you know, from most of those elements. You know, we can't, you know, heal ourselves from a broken bone or something. But these, this depression or this schizophrenia that we may feel or something, I feel like we can, we can heal ourselves on sure. these levels if, if we just learn our own power, like you said. Yeah. We need to recognize our own power and understand who and what we are, and and live like that, and that would be be a utopia, I guess. But. Yeah. Hey, you know, I, I, let's give ourselves the gift of being able to imagine these things because if we can't do that, we can't move towards it, right? And I know, yeah, you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. And I can see that, that we, we have great sickness. We, we obviously do, and the plants are incredible allies. It's just that for those of us who, you know, for many people, you know, who have achieved a certain level of wellness, looking at alternatives to connect I think is a great idea, you know, and, and, and then leaving the plants for those who who um, really have not broken through to that level. I think that that's something that we might want to look at for the future. Um, but, yeah, right. so many, so many possibilities, and it, it's beautiful what's mm-hmm. happening in the U.S. And thank you for, you know, for sharing your story with us and for all of those great changes you just apprised me of. I wasn't aware of that. Um, uh, California, such a such an amazing place, and so many changes happening legally there. Um, but we're coming to the end of our show, and thanks again, Drew, okay. for connecting and for for sharing your story. And yeah, let's keep in touch. 
Yeah, definitely not. Thanks for having me on. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Getting to talk about these experiences helps helps me heal even more, you know, uh, getting to discuss it with like-minded individuals because I've been, as, as much as I like this stuff, people like you and I are kind of far and few right now, and it's hard to connect with other people through, unless you're, you know, through Internet or social media and things like that, or the people that I've met in Peru, but they're, of course, all over the country and other parts of the world. But So sure. thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. We'll talk more about that, and we'll connect again, okay? Yeah, definitely. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. You are listening to Ayahuasca Talks on Radio Regent in lovely downtown Toronto, and I'm your host, Rebecca Hayden. Please visit us at radioregent.com and join our live chat, or connect with me at rebeccahayden.com.